You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilfer. And I'm Evil. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> As promised in our last episode, this is our New Year's Eve special, where we are covering New Year's Evil from 1980. Uh, it's an hour and 25 minutes, directed by Emmett Alston. Um, yeah, exactly. Not Emmett Otter. <laughs> I wish it was Emmett Otter. This is a jug band. Um... He did some movies called Three-Way Weekend, oh. Nine Deaths of the Ninja, Force of the Ninja, and Little Ninja. So clearly he liked ninjas. Mm-hmm. And clearly <laughs> he didn't do much. No, he did not. This movie was not uh, high up on his list, apparently. <laughs> but uh, for the cast, I, there's a lot of people, but I just grabbed the main players. We have uh, Diane Sullivan playing Roz... Or, I'm sorry, Diane Sullivan played by Roz Kelly... Who we would know from Happy Days, Starsky and Hutch, Kojak, The Love Boat, and Fantasy Island. We have Richard Sullivan, played by Kip Niven, who we would know from Night Gallery, Blind Ambition, The Waltons, Knight Rider, and Raising Jeffrey Dahmer. He was such a cute little old man, too, before he dead. I know, before right? Before he dead. Before he did. <laughs> Words are Get hard dead. today, guys. We have Lieutenant Clayton, played by Chris Wallace. He was in The Incredible Hulk, Don't Answer the Phone, Martial Law, and Dead End. Then we have Derek Sullivan, played by Grant Kramer, who, of course, we would know from Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Murder, She Wrote, Leapin' Leprechauns, The Young and the Restless, and Willy's Wonderland. I wrote Leapin' Leprechauns because I'm like, that is a fucking hilarious title. Um, I want to watch that. <laughs> and then we have Ernie, played by Jed Mills. Who is not Aiden Quinn. Not I at thought, all. I thought he was Aiden Quinn, but he's really Aiden Quinn from Timu. <laughs> exactly. He was in Eight is Enough, The Incredible Hulk, Elf, Amazing Stories, Twin Peaks, Seinfeld, and Casino. So most of these actors are television actors. Um, and it kind of shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Because uh, we're talking old TV show actors, not, not modern TV. I know shows have gotten better than some movies in, in modern days. But uh, yeah, back in the day, it was all silly. But uh, let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks about New Year's Evil. Maurice. Mm. I see you shaking your head. What are your thoughts on this gem of a movie? I'm going to be out of my analysis. This movie sucks. I had a feeling you were going to say that. It's awful. I watched it once a few years ago. I didn't want to watch it again. And I was forced to watch it again. It's even worse the second time around. Well, yeah, because you had to sit through commercials. True. I think, well, actually, I think the commercials were better than the movie. <laughs> The acting's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story was, I, I thought, confusing at times. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of all over the place. Uh, the music wasn't too bad. I will so give I like, it that. I do like the music. But, I guess there is a positive that comes out of this. Mm-hmm. As we discussed earlier, I'm pretty sure that's where Danhausen, the wrestler, may have got his evil shtick from watching I this movie because the guy when he's calling 
sounds like what Danhausen sounds like now. Mm-hmm. With evil. Yes. <laughs> very good. Very evil. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very evil. I, I honestly love the little voice modulator in this because it's so ridiculous. He's like sucking on it like he's like it's a cock. <laughs> <laughs> and, and folks, he did the motion too, which was great. Like, I thought it looked like a little crack pipe, and he like had it at the no, end of his. I think world. it was a metal cock. That he was it was the very first iteration of the what was it called? The talk boy that Macaulay called yeah. used <laughs> yeah, from Obelo. I just watched that. Oh, we're gonna pause for a sec, folks. We have a cat interruption. Okay, and we're back. Rufus decided to uh, start attacking his water bowl and trying to spill water. And now he's attacking me with love. <laughs> and now he's all over Maurice. <laughs> but no, as you were saying, you're, you're, you're not a fan, but uh, you feel that Danhausen got his evil Inspir- stick. His inspiration for maybe part of his character may have come from this movie. I could absolutely see that. Just because, again, the way evil talks in the movie, it sounds just like him. Yeah. So... But, well, Susie, we know Maurice isn't a fan. How did it fare for you? So, Shane watched the whole movie with me. Mm-hmm. Shane agrees with Maurice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Shane hated He's every smart. single moment of it. <laughs> I thought it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I was very confused, which we'll get to why a little further in, um, for a moment. And then Shane had an idea and it proved to be right. Mm. Um, but I just thought this was a fun ride. Not really sure why Derek had to rip up his mommy's pantyhose. Right. Not really sure what that was all about, but um, I enjoyed it. I thought I'd seen this movie before, but I re- I haven't. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that I would go out of my way to watch it again, but if it was, you know, a freebie on freebie again, mm-hmm. or I stumbled upon it in my travels, I wouldn't turn it off. I thought it was fun. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was over the top, campy. I mean, come on. You got... Like, you got the opening of <laughs> Return of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. but if they were on Wish and, like, all tried to be like Money and Squiggy. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Laverne and Shirley earlier, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I liked it. There's just something about it. It was not a good movie, but it was just a real fun ride. See, I, I completely agree. It's... It's a ridiculous slasher movie, but this is exactly what I want out of a holiday slasher movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have all those themed slashers that came out after Halloween. And, you know, some of them are absolute dog shit. You know, other ones Don't are... Don't you dare talk about prom night, longest <laughs> school day ever. <laughs> I say prom night, graduation day, happy birthday to me. The Slumber Party Massacre. Slumber Party Massacre. I really April like Fool's that one. Day. I like Slumber Party Massacre. I actually like April Fool's Day as well, but it's... It, when watching critically, it loses a lot of points. It really does. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like... There, there was a ton of these movies after Halloween. They were all trying to catch grab on the holiday slasher idea... Or at least the big day slasher mm-hmm. idea. Um, but I would argue that this one succeeds where a lot fail. It's cheesy. The acting is awful. The kills are creative in some moments. But like the bag of weed kill, I, had, I was fucking crying. I was, I was laughing so hard. Shane was like, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's weird. But it's just fun. And they show you the killer... Off the bat. Yeah, it's not a whodunit. No. It's, it's absolutely no. not. Now He's like out there with his dick hanging out. 
Now, granted, we don't know his true identity until the end of the movie. Right. But we see the killer multiple times. He's, like, out there putting on fake mustaches and picking up ladies. Dressing like a priest. (laughs) Hey, officer, I think I... I think I found... No, he was like a hit. I think I found a drunk over here. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy's like, oh, really? Hit the head with a brick. Where? <laughs> but... Oh, uh, wait till we get to that. Oh, God. That uniform. Thank you. Oh, I got comments. Yes. <laughs> but... Let's... let's Ready? Let's dive into the shallow pond. <laughs> Indeed. Head first. Head first. So for anyone that has not seen this, the plot is pretty basic. Um, it's during, New- during a New Year's Eve celebration, a Los Angeles disc jockey receives a phone call saying that when New Year's strikes in each time zone, someone close to her will be murdered. So, so. now that we've given the synopsis, <laughs> as the movie's going on, it took me a minute. I had a long day at work yesterday and I was very stressed out. I go, how's he getting to different time zones so quick? <laughs> and Shane's like, no, I, I, I think it's all taking place in L.A. Just, yeah. Oh, oh, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, yeah, because they, they, they set up the whole celebration where they have multiple locations. But in so. my head, I'm like, wait, multiple killers? Like, <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> But, Is he part of, like, a quadruplet? <laughs> <laughs> that would actually have been funny. A, a, a timed kill where they all killing in different time zones. But uh, we open with Diane Sullivan, a.k.a. Blaze. With her pink eyebrows. <laughs> yes. Getting ready for her big show <laughs> alongside her agent, Ernie. She calls her friend Yvonne to see if she's heard from her husband, Richard. Is there other agent, Bert? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> But Yvonne tell, tells her that she has that she has heard from him and that he's at the club getting a head start on the New Year's Eve celebrations. Oh, yeah. A head start. <laughs> he was a breast man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he clearly was. Um, but he won't be able to make it to the show because of that. Um, That's not what detains him, though. <laughs> indeed. So after she gets off the phone, she starts putting makeup on and gets annoyed by a leaky faucet in the tub, at which cracks me up because. She reaches in like three times to turn off this damn faucet. And then finally, like the third time she reaches in, just a random killer behind the curtain is like, yoink, and pulls her Like, in. how didn't she see him? Thank you. Because also, the curtain wasn't like a patterned curtain. It was no. like just a, a ran- shower It was like a, an opaque. Like, you could see the shadow. <laughs> and he's just... This, he this, really did. He like put her in a headlock and she was like, ah! It reminded me of something straight out of Scooby-Doo. Yeah, because she looked in there twice <laughs> and saw nothing, and then by the third time he was just like yoink, and then stabbed her with the switchblade. Also, there was very little water coming out mm-hmm. for how far she had to turn that faucet off, right? And like it was very loud for how little it was. Yeah. <laughs> so she did, mm-hmm. and then we smash cut to a shitload of punks on the road yelling and spitting at people as the opening credits play. Um, we get a dem titty shot right off the bat. Yep. It's because a girl in a van pulls up and shows her tits. And July 4th. No, oh wait, wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was July 3rd. July 3rd, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's very much those types of like early 80s punkers. Yeah. Um, like greaser, but not a greaser. Yeah. I did have to laugh because one of the prominent uh, names that came up was it said, edited by Dick Broomer. Yes. And I laughed my ass off at the name Dick Broomer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he's sweeping the dicks. 
But the punks arrive at the show, and I, oh my god, I love the fucking guard. Because he's, clearly he's like somebody's cousin or like uncle that they threw in the movie. Because he just goes, tickets, tickets, let's have your tickets, 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 let's have your tickets. He just kept saying it. And it was so awkward because when they first show him, he's like, and then it's like a quick cut back to the punks. And yeah. then again, he goes, tickets. tickets. And he's just standing blankly at the screen. You know? but Maybe he forgot his lines and he, he was probably, reading off the prompter. He probably did. <laughs> well, the one punk is like, hey. Calm down. And he puts a switchblade up. But it's a comb. It's the 80s switchblade comb. And then he's like, what's wrong? And he starts combing his fucking hair. As he splashes the grease jizz in the girl's face behind him. (laughs) Oh, I laughed so damn hard at that. I'm like, oh, those fucking combs. Everybody had one of those combs back in the day. But back in Diane's room, we see her son Derek show up with flowers and good news. Oh, this guy. (laughs) Ah, come on. It's Mike from Killer Clowns. He's a fucking emo boy. <laughs> he was just kind of like in a Gary Newman video, I thought. <laughs> he liked to drive in his car. Actually, I almost said, we're gonna rock down to, but that's not no. Gary Newman at all. <laughs> You're in my car. Yes. Um, but yeah, he tells her that he tells his mom he's been cast in a new TV series, but, by, but Diane has no time and basically brushes him off. Clearly this upsets Derek, who decides that he's not going to go to the show, and instead he's going to watch it on TV and try to call his dad and wish him a happy new year. <laughs> Diane and Ernie run off to the show. Cut to Hollywood Hotline, a countdown music show that Diane, or rather Blaze, hosts. Not Dick Clark. No. no. Not Dick Clark's rockin' new year. <laughs> they can't um, can get hey, Dick Clark don't do that. Rufus? I thought he was going to go in the sink. He is just being a troublemaker. Um, I... So I have questions about like, so we'll we'll get to it. Never mind, <laughs> because I don't want to give it away. Because I have questions about like, would this have all played out the way it played out if Derek was dead and shown up? <laughs> well, I mean, well, the ending wouldn't play out the same way. That's true. Um, but we see that the crowd for the Hollywood Hotline is filled with the punks from before as they dance and cheer excitedly. So they're basically doing a New Year's special, which, of course, they call New Year's Evil. And I was like, yay, they said the thing. Because <laughs> um, she's like, it's our New Year's Evil special. Uh, but the, the special basically counts down to New Year's in New York, so Eastern Standard Time. Chicago. Chicago Central Standard Time. Aspen. Colorado, Mountain Standard Time. And California, Pacific Standard Time. So we know once the movie gets going, we're like, oh, okay, we're going to get a kill in each one of these time zones. Not um, in, not physically in those time right. zones, though, like Just I thought. At the time zone. I'm like, wow, he's magic. <laughs> <laughs> but Blaze starts taking calls, and the first call is from Clara, who votes for... We don't need no education. <laughs> now, I, I have to ask... It's a nod to another brick in the wall. Well, I, I, I obviously knew okay. that, but I was like... Is it just that this person is supposed to be stupid, or is it a copyright issue? Oh, that's a good I think it's, yes. It's probably a copyright issue. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I was wondering, because I'm like, okay, it's, you know, because no one, it's, it's, we know it's not the name of the song, and it's clearly not the name of the right. song. But it's, but it's like, could they say another brick in the wall, or would they have to pay some kind of copyright on it? Here's probably. another thought. We all knew that person, right? Yeah. That... Pink, I'm going to use Pink Floyd as an example. Right. Huge band. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows them, but you, and we all know or knew that one person was like, oh, I'm their biggest fan. I love that song. We don't need no education. Yeah. 
So could it have been like they were calling being... It, maybe it was both. Yeah. Like they used that to their advantage. And kind of like me... Because she did sound like an idiot. idiot. Yeah. You know, and, they, and she was like, oh, thanks. Just a hot tip, huh, honey? Like, you know. And hangs up. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I thought that was ridiculous. I'm like, oh, God. But the next call is from our killer known only as Goulash Evil. Face. Now, that was another one. But it's funny you mentioned that. No, that's why I said goulash face yeah. because he's. She's like, "Who are you, honey? I'm evil." While he's blowing the, <laughs> the voice the, the metal dick. Yeah. The metal dick, and she's like, "You supposed to be the phantom." We're gonna pause for one moment. All right, so yeah, another another quick interruption. This time a child interruption. But anyway, we were saying about the another brick in the wall thing. You were talking about that. Yes. Yeah, so maybe they used if it maybe they used the copyright thing to their advantage. Like we all know that one person. Mm-hmm. I'm such a big fan. I love that song by Pink Floyd. We don't need no education. Like thinking mm-hmm. they're real smooth, and then all the real fans are like, "Jokes on you! You got <laughs> egg on your face, <laughs> or is it egg?" Not in this movie. No, not in this movie. <laughs> but our next call is from our killer, known only as Evil. He tells her he doesn't have a vote for the best song of the year, but rather a New Year's resolution. He promises to commit murder at midnight, and it will be someone close to her. Blaze writes it off as just some other loony and cues the band Shadow as they play our theme song. She don't him... don't they go like to her son? Don't they shoot right to her son after he says that? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. Yeah. yeah, to kind of show like, oh, it's not, it's not Derek. Yeah, cause, well, because he's 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 on the he's holding a phone too, right? So, but he's getting you you clearly hear the busy signal like he was trying to call in. Well, the I, show. I I figured it meant like, oh, is he the one that's going to be yeah. close to her that's going to die at midnight? And <clears throat> she also asks him if he's sucking a metal dick because he's got goulash face. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's the thing we were about to bring up. Because yeah. she refers to him as the Phantom. Meaning of, Phantom of the Paradise. Because of the weird modulated voice. Goulash face and knee jobs. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to our killer. Someone should make a meme. <laughs> goulash face and knee jobs. Never forget. But we cut to our killer as he sneaks into the Crawford Sanitarium. Once inside, he dresses like an employee and pulls one of the nurses aside. This is Jane Marley. Were you going to say something? I was going to say... In case some of the younger <coughs> listeners don't recognize what he's standing in when he makes the call, <laughs> that's called a phone booth. Yes, and there are many of them in this movie. Yes. Some right next to each other. Yes. <laughs> you have three or four phone booths. It's not just for Superman. <laughs> and hobos to pee in. But that nurse, back when you could smoke in hospitals, mm-hmm. and she's like a horn dog. And she had horse teeth. Because every time she smiled, I just kept hearing... Oh, that's why she was a horn dog. Exactly. Like anything she can get. <laughs> she wanted a donkey show. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was interesting. And out of his sack, which... Well, he, he basically tells her that he's there from county for temporary holiday temporary help. Oh, yeah, we're real short-staffed. We could use all the help we could get. Mm-hmm. And then he's like... He shows her, he, well, he's got a, a radio slung over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, you come with your own music. I goes, oh, I always come prepared. She goes, I bet you do. <laughs> I was like, wow, she's, she's not even being subtle. And then she mm-hmm. thinks he's going to whip out his dick when, in fact, it's a bottle of champagne. <laughs> a little bottle of champagne. <laughs> he's like, would you like to toast with me? 
just share this with me before I clock in. She's like, oh, no, okay. <laughs> right, and yeah, she didn't even try. She was like, no. yeah, yeah. No, and then, okay, first of all, I they go into, like, I don't know, an exam room or something, right. and she goes in the supply cabinet, and she takes out two very large paper medicine cups. Yep. So I've worked in healthcare many, many, many years. I've dispensed medication. Mm-hmm. You don't put any liquid in those. No. There's a special kind. It's called plastic. Yes. And it would have been like less than a shot. (laughs) Yes. So now that whole bottle of champagne. And even those little paper cups that they have, they're lined with plastic. You know, like the little cone cups. Yeah. Like they're paper, but they have the lining that's plastic. So you can put liquid in them. And then you just, they they did it like a shot. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing you know, she's neighing on his face. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like they, uh, you know, they, they uh, toast to the new year and then immediately start making out because, of course, movie's got a movie. Uh, but meanwhile, back at the show, Blaze and Ernie get the cops. She wants some, something to be done about the creepy caller who was called once. Yeah. It's L.A. lady. What? Half of Skid Row is probably at this show. Well, they basically laugh her Not off. The say, yeah, right. They laugh her off, saying the type of crowd you attract are bound to be some weirdos. And it's like, well, yeah, if you look at the crowd that we already saw coming into the theater, I, true. And she has pink eyebrows. True. And oh my God, that blush. Well, she's Pinky Tuscadero. So. That is true. <laughs> but they, uh, so that they, they then tell her if he calls back to keep him on the line a bit longer and they'll see if they can trace the call. Who are you? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Black Christmas. <laughs> when Blaze calls her son. I can't watch that movie without laughing oh, since we've same. covered it. <laughs> Hello! Who are you? <laughs> Blaze calls her son and asks if he's going to come down to the show. He tells her maybe in a bit. He then tells her that he can't get through to dad, that his line is busy. He tries to tell his mom that he has something important to tell her, and she blows him off and hangs up. We then see, see Derek grab a handful of pills and swallow them, looking rather distraught. So we're <laughs> like, oh, something's wrong with Derek. Mm-hmm. But back to the killer with Jane... Meanwhile, back at the sanitarium. (laughs) They're basically humping on the one table as it approaches midnight. As the countdown happens, the killer pulls out a switchblade and murders Jane while recording audio of the murder. Stabs her right in the tit. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to Blaze taking phone calls. Evil calls her back and tells her that he made his first kill right on time. You'll find her in the Crawford Sanitarium. Well, tell the police. (laughs) <laughs> Tell the police you'll find her in the Crawford Sanitarium. Gonna pause one moment. Okay, yet another interruption. But what were you we saying? We were talking about evil calling the radio station and that he made his first kill and to tell the police the body is somewhere in the Crawford Sanitarium. <laughs> <laughs> so, the fucking voice. It's so ridiculous. Well, it's because he's got a dick in his mouth now. Mm-hmm. A metal, a robot dick. A robot dick. <laughs> you Not know, a robot chicken. We just talked about killer robots with Christmas Bloody Christmas. We did. We also talked a lot about dick in that episode. We did. <laughs> um, so we see a little montage of the cops looking, and then they find Jane's body. The nurse, the other. Oh, nurse. the, the nurse is right. Yeah. But then we see she's then we she's cut like, to the Where cops. is that slut? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Janie, Janie. Oh God. 
Janie's titty got slashed. Her titty and her throat. It looks like fucking Freddy Krueger got at her. Yeah, mm-hmm. her throat was slashed to, like all over the place. And then she had the big old gash in her left titty. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, cats are chasing each other. That's just a noisy time here. Happy yeah. New Year! <laughs> noisy time at the old Alvarez house tonight. Um, but we then cut to Derek being a fucking weirdo cutting oh up his mom's stockings. So mm. we're watching this. And again, I've never seen this movie. And mm-hmm. Shane's like, he stopped what he was doing. It was just like staring at the TV, like kind of squinty eyes. Like, what? what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Why... Why is he cutting up Mama's pantyhose? I was and then kind of chewing ex- on them. I was expecting Daddy wants to fuck. Well, he did put them in his mouth. He and did pull. So, like, it's I don't. I have so many questions about this family dynamic. Uh, it's not good. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> He's psychotic. Well, as a thing, he he rips her stockings up with his fucking switchblade and then starts biting them. Is this what that family gives each other for Christmas? A brand new switchblade? <laughs> switchblades, right. But then he, he he's looking at himself in the mirror, like talking to himself, going, you think something in my past is affecting me. You think I have a mental disorder. He then pulls the stocking over his face and pierces his ear with a random needle. I'm like, yeah, I do. I think you do have a mental disorder. Yeah. I thought it was a hat pin. <laughs> It may have been. You know, like old timeies, like like the lady from Death Wish who used it as a, as a means to attack. I was gonna say um, the nasty lady from Little House on the Prairie. That Mrs. Too. Olsen. Yep. But no, it's like it was so fucking random, and I love the bad editing when he pierces his ear because you see him bring the the needle up, and then it looks like he's just holding his ear. And he pulls his hand away. There's already blood, like, down to his collar. Mm. And it's like, yeah, that was a really bad edit. Yeah. <laughs> but. But then he doesn't have an earring for the rest of the movie. No, 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 no. When, he, when we see him randomly looking like weird S&M Jordy LaForge at the, <laughs> mm. <laughs> at the show later, he still has the pin in his ear. Oh, that's ear. right, the hat pin. Mm-hmm. In case a lady's afraid her hat will fly away. Well, it's in case someone tries to take his stocking cap off. Yeah. <laughs> So we get this little montage after that of just the band playing and people slamming into each other in, like, the whitest mosh pit I've ever seen. Uh, I said, I go, look at the little baby mosh pit. The reason I say whitest is, like, it was clearly, like, you know the joke about white people dancing where they're like, I'm on top of the groove. Like, it was those types of people, like, gyrating from side to side, just slamming into one another. It did not look like a mosh pit at all. But... The, we, we have this weird close-up for no reason on the singer who is cackling at the camera with the biggest spit string between That is so teeth. disgusting. I was like, is that spit or jizz? Oh, yes. my God. And it was just this big, thick string. I'm like, ah. Someone drank a lot of dairy before he went on. Oh, dairy. <laughs> exactly. Dairy. But I'm like, why did they linger on it for so long? It was like literally like a five-second shot of this guy just cackling. Maybe they were hoping he would get on the camera. You know how blood always gets on the camera? Ah, like, spit on the camera. Oh, gross. You gotta lick it before you stick it. Well, Derek did not before. He licked the panties, but he did 
<laughs> he did not lick the. And can you just think about like what part of the like the pantyhose mm-hmm. he was like biting and putting on his face? Yep. Because she doesn't strike me as the type that would wear like control tops. She probably bought like the S and M pantyhose <laughs> right. from the porn store. And keep in mind the type of dress we see her wearing, which is basically latex. And she even comments about how sweaty it got. So She's I'm gonna be rashy. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to evil, he's putting on a cheap fake mustache and is getting all dialed up to go clubbing. He's got his best freaking leisure suit on. Trying to be fucking John Travolta, being Santa Claus in a credit card commercial. He's got the same fake mustache as that one fucking cop from Sleepaway Camp that I posted on our Facebook. Yes, yes. It's just, it's like a party city mustache. It's so bad. So... Years actually, eleven years ago, mm-hmm. um, Greg and I went down to Austin to visit Josh and Christina and the kids, and they were just wee little ones. Mm-hmm. And we were out shopping, and I bought a pack of fake mustaches, and Tegan and I wore them while watching <laughs> Puss in Boots. There you go, as you do. And those were the kind of mustaches that were in the pack that Tegan and I were playing with. And I like how evil he puts the like the liquid latex on it and like gingerly applies it to his upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> Not like in Christmas Evil, where he, like, super glues the whole fucking beard on his face. Yes. Like, that's going to leave a rash. <laughs> but, meanwhile, the cops at the studio tell Blaze that evil is for real, that they just found the body of Jane. And Blaze immediately realizes the killer must have gotten Yvonne, and that's why she was nowhere to be found. I'm like, that's a, that's a bit of a logic leap. You're correct, but it's a bit of a logic leap. So at this point, when he's walking in trying to be like... Oh, you know who he reminded me of? Um, ben Stiller's character in Dodgeball. <laughs> I can see that. Yes. Walking and doing his best. Little swagger. Little swagger. <laughs> That's when I looked at Shane and I'm like, how do you get to Chicago so fast? <laughs> He's like, no, I, I think it all takes place in LA. It's all in LA. <laughs> oh. One thing I want to comment on, though, when she was talking about Yvonne, so Pinky Tuscadero gives us the worst fake cry ever. She literally holds her hand like on the bridge of her nose and she's like, ahoo, 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 ahoo. Like it sounded like she was saying Yahoo over her. Like, Yahoo, Dory. Yeah, exactly. It was so fucking bad. And they're like, just try to stay calm, ma'am. And then back to evil at the club, he spots a lady drinking alone and moves in to pick her up. Who kind of reminds me of like, like a slutty Georgette from Taxi. Or, no, wait, who was George? Wait. Mm, I don't know. No, that. George, not Georgette. Never mind. I'm thinking that's Mary Tyler Moore's show. I'm sorry. Ah. But she was like this very, like, ditzy, had like a funny voice. Like, oh, Mr. Mushnick. Yeah, the, the voice was annoying yeah. as hell. <laughs> but back at the show, the cops tell Blaze and Ernie that evil is killing at midnight in each of the time zones. So unless they ca- catch him, he'll kill three more times. And he knows this because he read the script. He's like, how does he know that information? Evil hasn't told him yet. So how did he figure that? How did he put that together? It's just, again, it's just like we talked about an ugly sweater party where the goth chick just knew the script. Yep. <laughs> so, so they tell Blaze to keep the show going, that she's their only contact with him. And they ask him to humor her in hopes that he'll slip up and they can track him down. So back at the club. Oh. <laughs> uh, Evil chats up the lady at the bar. This is Sally. And he tells her how he's a businessman. Long tongs. Long tongs. Long, long tongs? Long tall Sally. 
He uh, he tells her he's a business manager for the stars, and he has to go to a party at Eric Estrada's house. <laughs> oh, are you a are you an agent? No, no dummy! I'm... I just said I'm a business manager. <laughs> he then invites her to come with him. She reluctantly agrees. But she says first she needs to drain the beaver, and then she'll meet him out front. And she picks up this giant egg, that, this giant golden egg yeah, from, like, Willy Wonka. I gotta use the ladies for first. <laughs> She's like, I'll meet you out front. So eventually Sally and her roommate Lisa meet evil outside. She tells him that her roommate has to come with her. Cause you they... don't expect me to go with a complete stranger alone, do ya? He's like, uh, yeah, the more the barrier. And they all hop into his Mercedes. As they drive, Evil is getting visibly agitated while Sally prattles on and on. When he gets frustrated saying that he was supposed to be there at 10, Sally goes, You need some TM, Transcendental Meditation. She goes on to tell him that she and Lisa do it every morning and it really works. She stopped biting her nails and Lisa got rid of her nervous diarrhea. So what's weird about this is... You still have your nervous diarrhea and you tried using that? What's it called? Transcendental? Transcendental. Or transcendental. Transcendental meditation. Meditation was in this movie. Mm -hmm. And then later on last night, I started watching this documentary on Amityville Horror. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, the Lutzes were doing. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they were talking about that. I'm like, I heard this. I've never heard this word once in my life. (laughs) No, I've I've heard heard it it twice. twice. What what was the you watching documentary on it? Yeah, it's on MG. I uh, I got MGM Plus. Okay, uh, but there's a lot of good movies. On it. <clears throat> oh, I kind of want to check that's that out. That's the one that has the uh, the Dean one. The oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, not American Psycho. Uh, Psycho the something. What's it called now? I forget. But it's the Dean Some... Doc, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that was very good. I was gonna say I haven't watched either. Well, I haven't watched. I didn't even know there was an Amityville one. I'm gonna have to watch. It. Yeah, I only watched the first episode, but it's funny that. That came up in two <laughs> things I watched yesterday. It, it was apparently a late 70s, early yeah, 80s thing. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those trends. Yeah. But she continues waxing on about all of her meditation stuff, and Evil gets more and more visibly annoyed. She comments on how he must think she's a really or a really big weirdo. And he tells her, no, you're the exact type of girl I was looking to pick up. No, I'm sure she is. I was like, oh, I wanted to kill an annoying chick. So Evil turns on the radio and hears a celebrating as Chicago nears midnight. Lisa asks if they can make a pit stop, so they pull over at a liquor store. He gives her a he gives her a hundred dollar bill and mm-hmm. says, While you're in there draining the beaver, because <laughs> why you the John? expensive bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm. So then he asks Transcendentalist Sally. Sally, long tall Sally, if she wants to smoke some of the reefer. Mm. But before that, she goes, oh, I, I guess her nervous diarrhea right. came back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also love when he hands her the $100 bill. She's like, mm. <laughs> like gets this big grin. <laughs> Do you know why? Okay, well, first of all. It's 1980, so it's $100. It's 1980, so, oh, you know what? I had to bust out. Ah, there you go. In 1980, $100, I'm sorry, now $100 in 1980 is three seventy two sixty three. So... That's baller to spend that on one bottle of booze. That, well, no, wait, but wait, there's more. Oh. So he offers her to smoke the ganj, the devil's lettuce, <laughs> which was like a Ziploc bag fill. <laughs> and it looked like it looked like someone took a fake Christmas tree and just yes. like cut the branches off and like sprinkled. It looked wood. like fake pine needles. Yeah, it really did. Fake pine needles. So then 
he kills her, and she's like, well, he throws the bag of weed over yes. her head mm-hmm. and suffocates her with pine needles. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and then her then Lisa is done shitting. <laughs> And she's getting the change, and the cashier's counting it back to her. And he's like, 96, or 94, 95, and 100. So, $5 bottle of champagne. $354 is what she has left over. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I think she had $5 in change. Yeah. Because he was, hey, he said, oh, 95, yeah. 96. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Yeah, that would so, change. So, that would have been the change he was giving back to her. So, I think the bottle oh, was almost $100. Yeah. Okay. Because she was um, like, that's a real... Oh, damn you, Shane! <laughs> but she goes outside, and she sees Sally's shoe lying on the ground, and the car is missing. But wait, she goes outside, the car is missing, mm-hmm. she's got the bag with the change in it, mm-hmm. and then she starts walking, and then sees the shoe. Right, and she picks it up, looks down the alley, and sees the other shoe, so she <laughs> walks down to the alley, picks up the other shoe. And then she sees a piece of Sally's dress hanging out of a dumpster. Wait. So she starts tugging on it, like, ding dong! What? And she pulls and half of it out, then gingerly sets everything down, grabs the lid of the dumpster, pushes it up without looking. Like, she's looking away, as she, like, purposely looking away as she opens the dumpster lid, only to then, like, reach over the side and look at it. We see Evil crouched in there like a fucking gremlin. With a zippo burning. <laughs> and he lights the lighter, smiles, grabs her, and pulls her in. So, bye-bye, Lisa. Sometimes the trash takes out itself. That's right. But we smash cut to Blaze on the phone, listening to the recording of these girls being killed. He tells her to tell the cops that he took out the trash from his latest party... And to go to Ventura and Laurel Canyon, where he'll find, where, where he'll find, where they'll find something. And he goes, it's a real swinger. And I just wrote, wait for it. <laughs> Cut to two absolutely horrible actors playing cops, arriving at the alley where evil killed the ladies. Why, how did the cops even know to go there? Well, he, he told the address. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So he goes, they, they go down the alley and we see blood coming out of the dumpster. They open it up and we get the weakest cat jump scare ever because the cat's like, meow, and they're like, oh. <laughs> like, just, there was no jump at all. Well, it is LA. <laughs> they were probably expecting a hobo with a shotgun. But then they follow, nice, but then they follow the trail of blood with their flashlights. They're like, oh, look, it goes down here. And Scooby's like, you can well, smell the weed. We were watching it with the flashlights and we're just seeing the flashlight bobble back and forth, like in first person perspective. As they follow the blood into, like, somebody's backyard or a park. I don't know what the fuck this was supposed to be because we were watching this, you know, POV shot. Um, but we, we follow the trail of blood where we see Sally hanging from her arms on a swing set with the bag of weed over <laughs> dead. And I was like, ha, real swinger. <laughs> and now this part I have so many questions about. How did she, how did he time it perfectly? Thank you. Because, yeah. They walk over, so just to, so the listeners can paint this mental image here. They walk over and we see a little handbag covered in blood. The cop picks it up, and as soon as he picks it up... Mousetrap. Le- right, Lisa's corpse with a hole in her titty slides down the slide. Mm-hmm. Like, bleh, I'm dead. You know, so I was like, okay. <laughs> was there like a string, like a fishing line on the handbag? That like released her. <laughs> right. It was tied to the strap on her shoe. <laughs> and she was like, wee, down the slide. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> like, was it some kind of Rube Goldberg device that we didn't see? 
it drove me nuts. Like I rewound it twice because I'm like, did I? I had to miss something. There's so- nope. It's just badly done. Yeah, just like the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I should not have been taking a sip of my coffee. But <laughs> we we see the detective at the studio getting off the phone with the officers. He tells Ernie that Evil got t- two more victims. And if he stays on schedule, he'll be stalking his next victim right about now. Cut to evil dressed up as a priest out on the prowl. A priest looking like Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> driving in that car. He's got the Dahmer glasses on. But he suddenly runs afoul of a biker gang. Like this movie takes a turn. Dude, I laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> no, it's even funnier when he's not paying attention in a moment and he hits the biker and they show him and he's like convulsing and seizing, but he's not injured at all. Because <laughs> he's sitting at a stoplight and bikers pull up on either side of him and the one biker's like, hey, Padre, fuck you. <laughs> he's just like flipping him off. <laughs> and then they speed off and uh, freaking evil, I almost called him Jeffrey Dahmer, evil starts driving away. And he keeps looking down at this book he has with, like, a priest and a nun on his... And we never cast- understand why. No, was he... Like, do- does he not know how what a priest dresses like? Was he, he like, is, is my costume accurate? Like, <laughs> Or was he, damn it, I don't look like a nun. Right. I was so confused. But so he's looking down at his passenger seat, and then he hits this biker. And like you said, the guy's laying there convulsing, like... Bah, 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 bah. Is this supposed to be, like, a spinoff of, like... Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was like Afraid of the Nuns. It was so fucking. Was weird. he the boy that they saw? Maybe he was the guy getting you know getting down, getting hippity dippity. But um, so the bikers freak out, of course, and they start trying to beat the car up, <laughs> like punching the car. Like, yeah, that'll help. Why are you punching the door? <laughs> the one guy was literally just fucking knuckle dusting that door. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. And these were cars in the 70s and 80s that were made of metal. Right. And the guy's just like, take that, Mercedes. Right. Yeah. But so, freaking evil takes off in his fucking car. All the bikers hop on their bikes and start chasing him. He goes into a drive-in to hide out. I love it. He hands the lady the money and is like, speeds off. Mm-hmm. And then we just cut to a random teenager groping a titty. Just like in the back and of a car. smoking weed. And he's like, you just need about time. She's like, mm, maybe next movie. But she's like, you know, keep on groping my tit. So then the biker gang in hot pursuit and the poor ticket taker, we'll just call her the ticket taker, right. at the little the little hut is just like, what? Like throwing her hands up after every, like. Every single bike. The She's like, oh, oh. Look, and she looks at the other guy like, what the, oh, whoop. <laughs> oh, it was fucking hilarious. So Evil sees the bikers, like, driving around the drive-in looking for him. And he gets out to make a run for it. But he takes his glasses off and puts them in his pocket. Right. And he takes off running. And we see the bikers find his car and start jumping all over it like a bunch and of howling breaking monkeys. breaking it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Right. They're just like, wah! Just beating the shit out of it. Breaking windows and shit. Suddenly one of the bikers pops up and is like, Greetings, asshole! And Evil goes, I am a man of God, not a man of violence. And then immediately stabs him with the switch. It's the blade. one that he hit with the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got... Well, he, now he has a reason to convulse. He really walked it off. Just to get it in the gut. Dude, I laughed so fucking hard when he's like, I am a man of God, not a man of violence. Poke! Do you know what I, you know what I thought of? Hmm. <laughs> Dead alive. I kick ass for the Lord! I fucking love that scene. We gotta cover that movie one of these we days. We really do. But Evil then runs up to the car with the teens groping, pulls the guy out demanding the keys. The guy tells him, they're in the ignition. 
And, even, and the girl just stays in the car. Well, she's trying to put her titties away. Well, no, yeah. in this situation, your titties are out. I agree, but again, horror movie logic. <coughs> she's trying to put her titties away because she keeps looking up and she's like, no, damn buttons. Like, she's fussing with the buttons. She's mm-hmm. too high. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but Evil jumps into the car and takes off with his big titty girlfriend. And on the way out, he smashes more of the biker's bikes, which made me crack the and fuck up. And they just up. fall apart. Like a Lego set. <laughs> As it approaches midnight in Colorado, Evil... Andrew, don't forget, she's offering him money or whatever he well, wants. Th- that's she's right like, here, we, yeah. can, we can get it on. I won't make a fuss. Yeah. Well, because yeah, he's listening to the, the radio, and as it's approaching midnight in Colorado... He holds up the switchblade to her, and she's like, I don't got no money. I got $3 in this garnet ring. It's yours if you want it. Oh, we can get it on. I won't even make a fuss. <laughs> Why didn't she jump out of the car? Right? Her titties him. were away. Right. She was like, I would fuck a priest. <laughs> Bless me, Father. <laughs> For I have sinned. <laughs> but... So while he's driving, suddenly two drunken stumble bums walk out into the and road. And they're, like, not really wearing a lot of clothes? Like, And they were the- coming out of the park? I think uh, they were having a little New Year's celebration of their own. But why didn't he drive around them? Why did he just... This whole sequence makes... Well, I mean, a lot of this movie doesn't make sense, but this sequence in particular. <laughs> Maurice just threw his arms up like, yeah, I've been telling you guys that. <laughs> but... They, they, he stops, and the drunken guys are like, Hey, what are you doing? And they're hitting the car. So meanwhile, fucking Big Titty Girl jumps out of the back of the car and runs away. Evil just jumps out, holds his switchblade up at the bums and goes, and runs away. I laughed so fucking hard at that sound. Because they're the reason he lost his fish. <laughs> but he just gritted his teeth and went, and he's frustrated. Oh, He's was... got titties to stab. <laughs> and they were big ones. There was big ones, too, to stab. Oh, my his lord. Might, his uh, knife might not have been big enough. I know, right? He's like, this ain't going to go all the way through. <laughs> oh, my lord. That was fucking hilarious. But <laughs> so Evil runs off and chases after the big titty girl. So Into he cha- like, a, like a high school like football field or yeah, something. He goes through a forest or like a small wooded area. Into like, it looks like like a track and field setup where they're like bleachers and a big track opening. And then he starts tapping on the seats. Right. He's like, I think he's trying to tease her because you can clearly see her underneath the one. like the outhouse. Little, yeah. yeah he, she's just sitting there like looking away and he's like looking right at her, tapping the blade on the bleachers. And then he kicks the garbage can near her. Mm-hmm. And the whole time she's still like, maybe he doesn't see me. Yeah. Do you know what's in the cutscene? Hmm. Ooh, baby, baby. <laughs> You're gonna get it, bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what Evil says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gonna get it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we then see the cops pull up. And the two drunken stumble bums are like, hey, he went over there. So they go chasing after him. The cops see Evil. He looks right at them and he's like, whoop, 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 and runs away. And his hair is like, and the whole time the girl is still under the outhouse, like, he's gone. (laughs) Like, she's just like, there's clearly cops there now. Kicks the garbage can, drats. Now I gotta. (laughs) So he missed his midnight kill for Colorado. But we cut to the studio where where Detective Clayton tells the crowd that if anyone needs to leave the room for any reason at all, they will not be admitted back in. And they're like, fuck you, pig. (laughs) They're like, fuck you. He goes that the entire floor is is sealed off until further notice as the crowd continues to boo. 
Blaze is pissed that the detectives are, are freaking her audience out, but he tells her it wasn't his idea, but rather Dr. Reed, the consulting psychologist. Hello, where the fuck did... That is the... He has been stabbing women in the breasts, which is a sign of a psychopath. You think? <laughs> what the fuck? I like cheesy tits. <laughs> I like cheesy tit dialogue. Yes. But... Dr. Reed basically explains that he believes evil is building up to a grand finale in which he would kill Blaze live on the air. So Because uh, because no one else would have no one else would have deduced that. But this is the part. I put it here. What the fuck is up with Derek looking like an SM Jordy LaForge? Because he's standing like on the stage with his arms crossed, the fucking visor glasses. The, the red stocking over his head. And it his fucking ear. And he's just got his arms crossed. And they never address it. And it keeps coming back to him. He's just, he's there and then he's not there anymore. Shane was like, what's what's the purpose of that? I'm like, I don't know. The, the runtime. <laughs> but Evil arrives at the hotel where they're filming the show and he sees a guy behind, uh, the, uh, he sees a guy being denied access by the cops. But I got tickets. No tickets. I got tickets. <laughs> well, the guy tries to fight his way inside and gets beat down. So the so Evil's like, nope, don't want to go that way. <laughs> and he goes around to the parking ramp where we see two officers at the entrance. One of the cops walk away and Evil calls to the other one going, Hey, officer, can you give me a hand? I think I found a drunk. The cop walks over and Evil hits him in the head with a brick. <laughs> womp, womp. So this is... This is the scene. Okay, so police officer. I'm going to give a comparison. Police officer, Herman Munster. Mm-hmm. Big, tall, rather large man. And evil is very much like the Fonz. Yeah, he's much shorter than this cop, much more slender than this cop. But yeah, the cop's uniform, uniform fits him like a glove. It reminded me of, uh, was it, in uh, Back to the Future 2, when Marty puts on the jacket and it readjusts size to be yes. his size. I was like, oh, it's that same technology from Back to the Future 2. In 1980, wow. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> and then he walks in with his little boom box of death. But he walks past the cop who was just standing there with the other cop. And the cop is like, hey. Yeah, like, wouldn't you notice that's not the same balding fat man you were just talking to? <laughs> like, what the fuck? He was clearly drunk. What a time to be alive. <laughs> He's like, technology, am I right? Face off. <laughs> exactly. John Travolta's going to walk up next. I can eat a peach for hours. Mm. <laughs> I got you, finally. Oh, Anytime oh. anyone mentions face off, I hear Nick Cage saying that line. <laughs> He's a national treasure. <laughs> Damn right he is. <laughs> but, so yeah, so he go, he heads in. Third act. Yep. So uh, he goes into the building and he sneaks into some random hallway with a trunk. So, okay. No one one notices the trunk. Thank you. I also have a lot of things because um, you may remember this story. Maybe I didn't tell you. Let's just say that maybe at one point in my life, I lived in Buffalo and had friends that lived in a high rise on Mm -hmm. North Street. (laughs) And maybe we'd had too much to drink and we climbed inside the elevator shaft. And maybe, maybe or maybe I didn't pull out the fuses. (laughs) 
And then we had to use the stairs for like two weeks every time I was over there. They lived on like the eighth floor. Oh, shit. What? What's the thing with like the the little jumper cables for ants and a screwdriver? Well, he was hot wiring the elevator. Um, but I want to know who didn't pick up on the... Like, this is a hotel. Okay, this isn't an apartment complex. Right, this is a hotel. So who left their trunk here? Thank you. Because that's the thing, like... Almost every hallway where you're going to have rooms, there's going to be people walking back and forth at some point. If someone, especially in this part of L.A. with the type of people that we saw there that were just trying to beat down cops to get in the door. If they see a random trunk, they're going to be like, what's in there? And they're going to open it up. What's in the box? (laughs) (laughs) So... That was the basement of the hotel, though, even. Or, like, the ground floor. Yeah, I think it was the first floor. Yeah. But, again, like, it was just there in the hallway by the elevator that people clearly take because we see other people taking it later. It was like Mr. Dress-Up's trunk. Right. Because he had all these different costumes. And weapons, too. And he starts taking his clothes off and he's got a whole other outfit in there. He puts on a nice... His tracksuit. But, yeah, so he's... you know, dresses right there in the in the in the hallway. Oi, cat! Stop it, Rufus! <laughs> Damn cat! Anyway, I'd buy that for a dollar. So uh, back to Blaze as she tells Ernie she wants to go change her outfit, She's stating that her dress yeah her dress is all sweaty. So you're in the home stretch. There's a murderer on the loose, mm-hmm. and the expert said he's coming for you. Well, she doesn't want to die in a sweaty. You know, Femunda smelling dress. <laughs> a latex dress. <laughs> she wants to change and be fresh for her kill. And she puts on... Which, oh. It's like a little red riding hood robe. It, but <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So the cops tell her that uh, she's not going anywhere alone. That they just found one of the cops knocked out in the parking garage. Naked the, with <laughs> from a brick to the head. <laughs> the killer could be on the loose. So the cop, uh, one of the cops escorts her to, her to her room where they find Derek and he draws his gun. Oh my God. This is so bad because he's like, stay here. Yeah. And he opens the door and he's like. And again, this is something that drives me crazy in movies. And I know it's a low budget movie. I get it that it was 1980. But every time I see a fake cop in a movie with their finger already on the trigger of the gun as they're waving it around, I'm like. It's so unbelievable. It drives me nuts. It's like you don't put your finger on the trigger until you intend to shoot. Mm-hmm. You have it on the trigger guard. They teach you that in Police 101. Pretty much. It's one of the things I'm appreciative of in modern movies is you <laughs> see people not doing that. But so they find Derek in the room and Blaze freaks out. It's like, that's my son. Don't shoot. And she goes, I'm sorry. I forgot you were here. And he goes, haven't you always? I had a surprise for you, but now I don't want any part of it. And he storms off. <laughs> so Blaze asks... Go write bad goth poetry. Right. No, he storms off to go star and kill a clouds from outer space. Because <laughs> wasn't his show American Starship or yes, something like that? it was something like that. But, so Blaze asks the cop to wait outside while she changes. In comes a masked man in a tracksuit. Now his mask, it looked like Jughead from Archie. It had, the, like, the Jughead nose. And... Okay, yes. All right, Shane was trying to figure out. I go, it kind of reminds me of in that creepy fucking-ass Genesis video, Age of Confusion. Oh, I love that video. It's so creepy. Yeah. It's... I was like, it's like those that Ronald Reagan mask. Yeah, the weird puppets. 
<laughs> it kind of reminded me of Jughead. Like, he had yes. the same, like, big jaw and, like, the weird pointy nose. Um, but How does she not see him in the mirror? Thank you. I think this is the same thing. I'm like, he's standing right behind her. She's looking in a mirror, and somehow she doesn't see him until he goes, ooga booga. <laughs> and then she jumps, and he takes off his mask to reveal that it's evil. But wait, he turns out to be Richard. Ready the twist. Yeah. It's her, it's her sperm donor. It's Richard Sullivan, her husband. <coughs> so he tells the cop who, he tells the cop who he is and said, I was in the john when you came in. I was too scared to come out. You had your hand on the trigger there, fella. <laughs> right. He then tells Blaze that uh, the surprise was Derek's idea and sadly not a very good one. He plays dumb and makes it sound like he drove up from the club as soon as he heard the crazy guy on the show. Because he found me in the club, bottle <laughs> bum, mama, I got the... Okay. But Blaze tells him uh, everything that's happened throughout the... Or tells him about everything that's happened throughout the night. And he's all like, golly gee, that sounds awful. <laughs> like, he's just... He's so, Laying like... on so thick. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that he'll stay with her if she wants. And she tells him that she has to go finish the show. So he goes to leave, and the cop asks how he even got in in the first place, citing that the whole place is locked down tight. Richard, Ernie. Yeah, Richard tells him that Ernie okayed it, and he walks away. Oh, but this is a smart cop, I tell ya. Mm-hmm, the cop He's, doesn't trust him. He smells bullshit, yep. and it's not from him being in the john. Nope. <laughs> so Richard goes back down to his trunk, where he takes Dick. out... <laughs> old tricky evil Dick... Uh, goes back down to his trunk where he takes out some wires and Jerry rigs the camera system in the elevator for reasons, hmm. which we'll find out shortly. So we cut to Lieutenant Clayton uh, getting a call about Richard's car at the drive-in, saying it's been abandoned and the driver knifed a biker and escaped in a stolen car with a hostage. <laughs> we also find out here that uh, Richard was once a patient at the Crawford Sanitarium. But we never explore this or the priest and nun. Nope. We just... The only thing we kind of hint at is that he said that he was going to kill someone close to, to her. So maybe Blaze made friends with Jane. Maybe she was a nurse. That, I don't know. But it's like somehow the Crawford Sanitarium was linked to Blaze. And we see Derek taking pills and claiming, you think I have a mental disorder. So it's like, okay, you're hinting that there's like some mental health issues in this family. But that's about as deep as we go. So, I mean, she does have pink eyebrows, so. True, true. Uh, but I love it because Ernie then, uh, Ernie then finds out that Richard said that he's the one that let him in. He's like, the fuck I did? I always knew that guy was nuts. <laughs> like, he just freaks out. <laughs> so we cut to Blaze and the cop getting in the elevator. And they had this funny conversation where she's like. You married? So, she goes, you married? And he's like. Ten years. You got yeah. any kids? Two sets of twins. What's wrong? Don't you have TV? And he goes, huh. <laughs> That's it. Also, how was Evil able to hear that conversation while watching on the security camera as there is no fucking microphone? You know it's what? It's a security camera. I thought the same thing, and I was like, we're almost at the end. I'm just going to roll with it at this point. You can point. read their lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to see him be like, do you have any kids? <laughs> like, just reading their lips. While sucking the, the, the metal dick. <laughs> You know, it's funny you guys keep calling it a dick, especially with the conversation we're going to have in a minute. But Richard watches on the camera and fucks with the elevator controls, forcing it to drop. Both the cop and Blaze apparently pass out from fear because the door opens. And he kicks the cop in the face. 
face. He fucking boots him right in the jaw. <laughs> and then he drags him out. And then he sits down next to her. And she's like, Ugh, what, what happened? Fuck? What happened? So then he finally reveals that he's actually evil by playing back the recording of his first kill. And she's like, why? And he basically goes full incel here. He goes, women are horrible and manipulative and selfish. And naughty. <laughs> he's I'm a, telling you, he is a member of that family. He really is. He then tells her that he killed Yvonne because she and Blaze has shortchanged his allowance for years. And he had to beg her for every cent he got. He then tells her, you castrated me, and that's not nice. (laughs) (laughs) He then accuses her of doing the same to their son. So clearly he hates women. Um, So the metal dick thing makes a lot of sense, because he's like, he went full incel at this point. (laughs) But he tells her how Derek auditioned for a role in this new series, and he told no one who his mom is. So basically he didn't use any of his connections, and he still got the role. And he goes, he's like, but you would have known if you hadn't been paying attention. So here's another, so we're using the Q word a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not talking about quantum physics. <laughs> nope. I have another question. So Derek said that he, Derek got the busy signal. Mm-hmm. How did he know, how did Richard know that Derek got the part and Blaze didn't care about it? And ready, follow up. Mm-hmm. This is part B. Is that what triggered him to, like, go on this titty-killing spree? I I feel like he was already fucking nuts, but maybe this is what pushed him over the edge. Um, but we only see Derek trying to call his dad once. We, we He's in that hotel room for, like, 90% of the movie. Oh, that's so true. he could have talked to him. Because remember, he even says, you know, this was Derek's idea about hiding in the bathroom. Mm. So, and clearly, you know, if Derek knew nothing about his dad being there and... Dad was in the room, and Derek was in the room. Wouldn't he have seen him? So I think Derek knew Dad was there, especially with the way Derek reacts later. Oh, that's true. So I think that's true. I Derek think... was also probably very busy dancing in front of the mirror to Goodbye Horses. True, <laughs> but I, I also get the impression that uh, Derek takes after dear old Dad. So, <laughs> but <laughs> he tells her how bad it's been—a bad year for me. But at midnight, my new life begins. I'm gonna go to the Rose Bowl with my boy. <laughs> He then tells her it's getting late and drags her off. Now we cut to a montage of the cur- the cops searching the building badly. They're just like... <laughs> nah. Yeah, they're like, hello? You good? Okay, bye. <laughs> Someone opens the door. Is everything, go- Are everything okay? Yeah, we were fucking in here. They go through the kitchen and the one cop just like opens a cupboard and keeps walking. Like, th- yeah, he was going to be in that cupboard. That's okay. They didn't know if it was a little person. <laughs> I didn't know if it was leprechaun. <laughs> Sleeping leprechauns. But Richard chains and handcuffs Blaze to the bottom of the elevator and tells her she's going to go all the way up and then all the way down so she has time to think about the things she's done before she gets smashed. And then she, she, when he's pulling her up, it looks like she's a flying squirrel. <laughs> I, I honestly, I laughed really hard when the elevator went up and she was like, Wah. Shane also said, you know, I might like horror movies a lot more if there wasn't so much damn screaming. (laughs) (laughs) But that's some of the best parts. You know what? There's no accounting for taste. No, but see, now this scene 
had me roaring because she's going up the elevator shaft, just dangling below the Where's elevator. Where's going? Like, <laughs> screaming blood <laughs> murder. And there's just these two punks in the elevator. And the one guy goes, there's some funky shit going on in here. And like, he's I, wearing I, like tape. Like it looks like packing tape. Like yep. the drunk people that ran in front of the car were wearing. Like where did they all come Well, from? he had like a see-through nylon shirt with then like packing tape around it. And the, the girl had, like, a dog collar on and, like, giant yellow horse teeth. They were going to the Continental. <laughs> Pretty much. But the guy with the, the, the freaking nipples out cracked me up because he was, that's the dude who was like, that's some funky shit going on here. Like, and the way he said it, he was like, what's going on? <laughs> and then the elevator stops <coughs> and we see that, like, um, what was her assistant's name? Oh, uh, Yvonne. Yvonne. We see her stuck in the elevator shaft. Like a voodoo doll? Yeah, she was all like, she was like rotting and she'd only been there a couple hours. You know? It's very hot in those elevators. Apparently. A, the Cecil Hotel. I yeah, rest my case. True, true. But so the cops. Don't drink the water. <laughs> the cops find Richard and they get into a firefight. Some straight bullets end up hitting the elevator panel, stopping it. Because he was, he was fucking with the elevator. I forgot to write this down. He was fucking with the elevator panel, making it drop. Mm-hmm. So, like, Blaze is screaming, the people in the elevator are screaming, and then the stray bullets hit the panel, and the elevator freezes where it is. Um, so Richard runs as the cops chase him. Richard makes his way to the roof, where he puts on his weird mask from earlier. The cops confront him. And- he quotes Shakespeare. Right. Well, because the cops confront him and make him drop his weapons, and Richard says, To die, to sleep no more, and by a sleep to stay, or to say we end the heartache... And the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. And then he jumps to his death. I regret nothing! And he immediately turns into a dummy that's like, wee! Just like, arms flailing like Kermit. So then, the lieutenant goes and looks and I'm like, where the fuck is all the blood? And Shane's like, it's probably all inside of him. But no. No, we see it. Only his hands are blood. And his face. Because when he pulls the mask off, there's blood on the mask. Oh, and there's yeah. blood all over his face. But yeah, so we see him. It was no Halloween. No. It was no Halloween kills. He was going to die tonight. Fuck that movie. I, oh, I fucking hate that movie. But so he's laying there in the parking lot. We see people run up around him. And Derek's like, that's my daddy. Derek comes up and hugs him and pulls off his bloody mask. We see Bla- uh, Blaze being wheeled away on a gurney and put in an ambulance. The paramedic tells the driver that he's ready. We pan up front to see Derek wearing his dad's mask and the dead driver on the floor. Nobody saw this kid get into the ambulance no wearing a saw, Jughead mask. Right, no one saw bloody Jughead driving the ambulance. Like, and the ambulance drives away. Credits, the end. <laughs> so, is, did he kill her? Who knows? Derek's done gone crazy. And then he ended up in Killer Clowns. So, <laughs> that was, oh, it's it's a movie, all right. Um, <laughs> a whole, I said 125 minutes. A whole hour and 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's just about a very special episode. True. Last couple of episodes we've had have been. Mm-hmm. But um, so there's not a lot of trivia here. But the, the drive-in scene uh, apparently confused some people because <laughs> it was saying Blood Feast, um, which is not the Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Uh, but instead, was uh, it's a movie called The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. Um, 
but it has been also changed to the name Blood Feast. So it was a, one of those movies where it's like two movies with the same name kind of thing. The theme often. song is now a cult classic. I keep wanting to say that the band's name is Shadow, but I don't think that's what it is. No, it's Shadow. It is Shadow. It's Shadow okay. and Made in Japan were the two fake bands. In that's, right, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, this was released 12 days before New Year's Eve on ni- in 1980. So technically this was filmed and made in the 70s. Um, then, uh, during the first, uh, the first call made by the killer, it's mentioned that the voice modulation makes him sound like the Phantom, which we, we talked about. And that is exactly a reference to the Phantom of the Paradise. So, but yeah, there's, there's not a lot of trivia for this. Like, I only wrote down a couple pieces. It's clearly not a very popular <laughs> slasher movie, but... It's fun. It's fun. It's, honestly, I'm gonna go on record and say I like it a lot better than Prom Night. Like, a lot better than Graduation Day. I've never seen Graduation Day. Uh, you're not missing much. Okay. I mean, it's if you like the holiday or themed slasher movies, it's worth a watch, but it's, yeah. I definitely liked it better than Prom Night. Yeah, I'd like it a lot better than Prom Night. Longest uh, school day ever. The only thing I, I love about Prom Night, every time I watch it, is Caveman Lou. <laughs> with his fucking unibrow. Yes. But, uh, so, I, I think we're, we're gonna start wrapping things up here, unless you guys have any final thoughts on this movie. Happy New Year! Indeed. Maurice, anything you wanna add? Yeah, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so, for any of you not following us on social media, check out The Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we do have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. And, uh, the higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and special, up, uh, like, special episodes like birthday picks, etc., uh, we are part of the Rad Pantheon Network, so check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials for other podcasts and artists and musicians just doing rad stuff. Uh, we don't know what our next episode is going to be as we are recording this in mid-December, um, and we are going to be taking a little break for the holidays and coming back in January, but we will be posting what our next uh, month's topic will be for the votes very soon. So check out, uh, like I said, Facebook and Instagram for those. Well, by the time and, it airs. Well, by the time it airs, it'll yeah. it'll still be up. So the voting will still be going on. We'll, we'll have picked our two episodes. Oh, that's right. And that's then right, we'll right. still have probably about a week of voting before. So definitely check that out. Rock the vote. Indeed. And, uh, you know, that's about it. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. <laughs>